Welcome to Antibodies. This is our 22nd body sode. I'm your host, Jatin Sharma. And joining me today is Eugenio from Autonomous University of Mexico, Mexico City. Hello, everyone. Welcome. And Natalie from City of Hope Comprehensive Cancer Center in Duarte, California. Hello. In today's body sode, we're going to discuss an extremely cool article that was published in Nature recently. It is titled, An Aged Immune System Drives Senescence and Aging of Solid Organs. We have the two co-first authors joining us today, Matt Yusuf Sedeh and Rafael Flores. I hope, Matt, I did not butcher your name there. <laughs> as close as it can ever be. Good enough. <laughs> uh, Matt and Ralph, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, let me tell you guys something about our guests. Matt is a senior postdoctoral fellow, and Ralph is a research scientist in the biochemistry, molecular biology, and biophysics department in the Institute on Biology of Aging and Metabolism at the University of Minnesota, Minneapolis. So with that, I, I just have one short question before we start discussing the paper. Uh, Ralph, um, how was your journey to being a research scientist right here? Like, how did you get into immunology as a profession? Well, um, I think it started when I was a kid. I, um, one of my aunts was a nurse and she would talk about uh, what the things that she did when she was a nurse. And further on, when I was in high school, I had a real cool science teacher that uh, I think I took uh, uh, anatomy in his class and that is that pretty much was the, I guess, the ember that started a fire for pursuing biology as a way of, as a profession. Um, then I moved on. I went, I went to, I got my bachelor's degree from the University of Texas in San Antonio. Worked as a tech for a little while. And then um, I decided to go back to school and get my PhD. And I ended up going to the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, got my degree uh, from there and did a postdoc and then I ended up uh, working with Paul after that. Okay. And Matt, uh, you are a geneticist by profession, right? Uh, yeah. So how, how did you get interested in this field of work? Uh, I guess it started out as, as a kid, I wanted to be a professional baseball player and I realized I wasn't <laughs> very good at it, but I had some aptitude for science. So I kind of stuck with that and originally trained as a uh, cancer biologist before moving on to the field of aging. But really, my all my training has been rooted in the subfield of DNA repair. So it was kind of a natural pivot to jump out of cancer, but into aging, but using DNA repair. So, oh, yeah. And that's not too far away, right? Like They're so intertwined, as far the as aging, cancer, DNA repair, all of these processes. Yeah, I mean, the field that we work in, cellular senescence, is really an evolved anti-cancer response, so. Yeah. Okay, with that, I think we can get into the research paper. By the way, Natalie, do you got something? Oh, yes, uh, the joke of the day. Yeah, or, right. uh, <laughs> how did the authors confirm that the mice were senescent? Were they watching Fox News? 
<laughs> yeah, we got it. We got a plethora of answers. They were they were telling the other mice to get off their lawn. Uh, they were eating dinner at four o'clock in the afternoon. They moved to uh, Florida. Yeah, you know, take your pick. They moved Doom. to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> These mice actually did start out in Florida. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> they were old to begin with. This is yeah. bad experimental design. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, with that out of the way, um, we have a very detailed paper ahead of us. So before we get into the crux of the paper, let's go through some terminology so that we can understand these terms better. First, senescence. And there are several things associated with senescence here. Um, the pro word, the process of aging, immunosenescence, and something called SESP, sec uh, senescent associated secretory phenotype. So Ralph, I'll let you take this one. Can you help us define the words aging and immunosenescence? Oh, aging is a process where your organs and your body and your cells um, lose the ability to uh, repair itself. Uh, there's several mechanisms you can get into it. Um, Matt has an, has an expert on that, but he could go further into that. Um, some people look at telomere shortening as, as a component that drives aging. Uh, our specific group, we look at DNA damage, uh, the ability of, of your cells to actually repair a little damaged full size in your DNA, and your, uh, in your DNA uh, is lost over time. Um, so that's, there's other ways, there's oxidative stress and there's different uh, forms of mechanisms to uh, drive senescence and aging. Now, immunosenescence is this senescence that occurs in the immune system. Your T cells, B cells, um, whatever immune cells that you have. Um, so that could have an impact on your overall health several ways. Well, since your immune system is uh, surveils your body, um, you lose the ability to uh, get rid of any kind of potential harm, either in the form of transformed cells or in the form of infected cells or bacterial cells that invade your body. Um, you also lose the ability to um, deal with senescent cells because senescent cells is a form of transformed cells, basically. I think Matt could probably uh, expand on that a little bit better, but senescence lately um, is a signal that uh, your body, your cells send out to your immune system saying, hey, hey, there's something wrong with me, deal with me. And these are the eat me or the kill me signals that our cells um, send out to the immune system uh, to do that. Uh, for the most part, that those signals are simply uh, chemokines, cytokines to deal, to tell, instruct the immune system, come here, there's something wrong, deal with it, either fix me or kill me. Um, but when senescence hit the immune system, your immune system cannot deal with that as much as, uh, as properly as it did in the past. So then you have situations where you get like elderly people um, are not able to um, combat infections. Uh, like just, you know, d d during the COVID pandemic, a lot of the elderly were um, very susceptible to the, the virus. Uh, your body also loses its ability to um, combat transformed cells or cancer cells. So you see a lot of elderly uh, begin to develop tumors, leukemias, or what have you. 
So that's basically um, what immunoscence essence means is that your body's inability to fight any kind of stress that you that your um, that you, you would properly uh, uh, deal with when you were younger. Okay, thanks a lot for that. And there is this term called SASP or senescence associated secretory phenotype. Yeah, so just to walk it back a little bit, that senescent cells are stress cells that really take themselves out of the cell cycle. So they're no longer proliferating no matter how much mitogenic stimuli you dump on them. They're just not gonna go. And so you say, well, that's great. It's not gonna transform and become a cancer cell. But the problem is, is that these cells persist, they're metabolically active, and they're secreting these inflammatory cytokines, chemokines, uh, matrix metalloproteases, some growth factors, and what you said is basically the SASP. Um, and SASP is really this insidious process where you're having inflammation that's occurring in non-pathogenic conditions. And it's kind of this thing where this is causing the spread of senescence, where these SAS factors can cause adjacent or distal uh, cells that are normal to become senescent. And sort of kind of the adage of the bad apple spoils the bushel. Okay. Uh, I think I was getting it con- confused with SAS being only limited to immune cells, but it looks like it's, it's something that's all no. cells. Okay. No, all cells. So one thing, keep, one yes. thing to keep in mind, I'm, uh, as far as I look at senescence, uh, senescence is part of, it's a normal, normal process that our body goes through. Uh, senescence is part of the wound healing process. So you, you have cells right now in your body that are senescing. They just, for some reason, they're stressed out and they, they go into the state and the immune system comes up, comes into that area and deals with it. So um, that's something that's normal to our body. As we age, as we get older, uh, you're, you lose the ability to regu- regulate uh, uh, going back uh, between a normal st- uh, cell state and a senescent cell state. So it's part of it's, part, it's normal. It's, it's senescence is part of the normal the daily process of your cells existing. Okay. Thanks a lot for that. Let's go to the next term. Uh, I was I, I would be interested to know how do you define oxidative stress and oxidative lesions? Uh, Matt, can you answer this for us? Um, yeah, so oxidative stress is really this global state of uh, stress that's induced by reactive oxygen species. And so the way you do that is looking at one side of it, which is uh, ROS or reactive oxygen species. So they could be the production of them, the oxidative lesions, in this case, DNA damage. So you could have one of the most common is adoxoguanine. There's also cyclopurine adducts, which is another uh, form that, and it's something that can be measured by mass spectrometry. On the flip side of that, you also have your antioxidant buffering capacity. And so what we know with age is that reactive oxygen species are going up, they're being produced more. And also with age, your antioxidant capacity is actually going down. So things like you're losing catalase activity, um, you're finding increased rates of oxidized glutathione versus reduced glutathione, which is kind of one of the the first responder antioxidants in the body. When you were talking about the purines, these uh, these uh, altered mm-hmm. purines or a- any metabolites, is it because of the reactive oxygen species or some super ion that yes. is interacting with these molecules yes. and changing them? And that's okay. that's when some of them can get integrated into your DNA, for instance, right, and cause damage. Well, it's actually the the ROS is attacking sort of the heteroduplex DNA and causing them. I'm sure it's probably also causing them on yeah. 
free nucleotides, but that could also have complications for DNA polymerases incorporating them unless they have some massively cavernous active sites. Some of them do. All right. <laughs> nice. So with that, I think we can get into the introduction of the paper. Eugenio, I'll let you take this one. Thank you, Jonathan. So aging is a risk factor in many chronic diseases, and therefore targeting the process that made it aging could be therapeutic in many diseases. As we age, our immune system also loses its effectiveness against pathogens and cancer cells. Another relevant point is that a senescent immune system could limit how effective vaccinations are. The senescent immune cells are more likely to get into cell cycle arrest and they secrete a lot of pro-inflammatory cytokines. The senescence phenotype is called SASP, as we discussed in terminology session. Now, here's an interesting outlook. We know that as we age, our immune system senescence and becomes weaker. However, is it the aging process that promotes immune senescence, or could it be that the senescent immune system is what's promoting the overall aging process? This brings me to the central question that this work aims to answer. What is the role of a sensing immune system to a systemic aging? All right, thanks a lot for that uh, introduction, Eugenio. With that, we can get into the results. And the first question that the authors are asking is what happens if we prematurely induce senescence in the hematopoietic compartment? To answer this question, the authors use a strategy that involves knocking out this enzyme called ERCC1 that is non normally involved in DNA repair. With an impaired DNA repair mechanism, the cells will accumulate DNA damage and become senescent early on. Since the authors were only interested in inducing senescence in the immune cells or let's say hematopoietic cells, this knockout was restricted or conditional to the hematopoietic cells with this VAV ICRE ERCC1 floxed mice, where only the VAV expressing cells will be uh, will uh, get the ERCC gene knocked out. And this is this VAV is I think expressed by mostly hematopoietic stem cells, so this makes it slightly more specific. Uh, right here, I have a very general question about this murine models of aging. And Matt, since you are the uh, aging expert, I'll let you answer this one. Uh, in this paper, you guys use the ERCC1 knockout model in the, in the hematopoietic cells. Are there any other models of aging? And is there a particular reason that you want, went with this model? So to answer your first question, yes, there's many, many models of aging, whether it's natural aging or in some cases accelerated aging and a lot of times we use accelerated aging models because they're time and cost effective so in this case we previously studied a hypomorphic mouse model of ercc1 which has uh, one null allele and one truncated allele and the systemic mutant mouse ages about six times faster than a normal mouse so it experiences and spontaneously occurring endogenous DNA damage like a normal mouse would, but just at a much faster rate. And we've done comparative senescence analysis in this mouse model and seen that it's quite a uh, similar uh, senescence pattern to a naturally aged mouse. And has many of the same uh, features of natural murine aging as well as human aging. And we went with this model to study the tissue specific effects, but also the cell non-autonomous effects. So what's going on in the cells that delete ERCC1 and the cells that do not delete ERCC1. And that's kind of how you can start to tease out the 
uh, individual contributions of a particular uh, tissue that's aging on the rest of the mouse. Okay. So with that, coming back to the article, the authors noticed that these ERCC1 conditional knockout mice, or let's call them the mutant mice for simplicity from here onwards, these mice had increased genotoxic stress around 10 months of age. These mice also accumulated increased 8-oxoguanine, which is an indicator of guanine modification induced by oxidative stress. Eventually, these mice also had leukopenia, which the authors confirmed is due to the senescence behavior and not a developmental defect. These mice had fewer T cells in the spleen and fewer B cells in the bone marrow. This contrasts with the wild type mice where aged mice had stable lymphocyte counts. Uh, uh, Matt, how do you think these mice have reduced lymphocyte counts compared to the regularly aged mice? So when we delete ERCC1, we're accumulating more spontaneous DNA damage. And when you have a DNA repair deficient mouse model, I think you're walking this tightrope of there's a threshold where some damage could activate early senescence, too much damage could actually activate apoptosis, so you're losing cells. And it's a really fine line and it depends probably tissue by tissue what that threshold is. And that's why you might be seeing that in the, the mutant uh, cells, but not in a naturally aged okay. one. Oh yeah, right. If you have um, DNA damage can also activate P53 and that's one of the pathways you can also kill your cells, right? Mm -hmm. But there's also um, might be a difference. That's something I might uh, going to be pursuing going forward. Uh, there might be a difference in the self renewing capacity between these two mice. Um, we know for sure there's this type of memory T cell called the stem cell uh, memory T cell. And when I look, and this is not unpublished data, and when I looked at um, old mice. Uh, those that uh, population of cells are expanding, just going like crazy. But in the VAFCRE, that population seems to be uh, uh, comparable to the, the controls that we use. Um, that's something we're going to pursue further, and when I get back to the lab, um, and there might so the reason why there might be where we see differences there might be some, some difference in, in in the self renewing capacity of T cells because. Um, that's what the immune system does. Once it's once you hit a certain age puberty, your thymus involutes and your production of T cells decreases. So the way the immune system maintains its uh, uh, functionalness is to self uh, renew. And um, that might be that's how uh, as, you, as you get um, when you get in, in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, whatever, um, you uh, are able to fight infections and do all this stuff because your immune system is self renewing. So. Uh, so that might be a reason why that, and that's something we're, we're going to pursue uh, beyond uh, this paper. Yeah, that's an interesting that's take. That's, that's, yeah, we were, we were literally, uh, before you guys got on the call, we were talking about uh, memory T cells and the mTOR that you guys discussed later in the paper. And Jatin was telling me how the, you know, there's differential mTOR expression between the memory T cells and the effector T cells, and that's what drives their uh, differentiation. So, yeah, so Ralph, what you're saying is that this it is possible that the ERCC1 has some role in how well the hematopoietic stem cells or their progenitors will self-renew. No, not the progenitors, but once you get past the developmental stage, the, the naive cells, 
And okay. so uh, no, normally in, in your immune response, the, the, your naive cells evolve into an effector cell, a T cell, but uh, it also has the ability to uh, develop into a memory T cell. So your effector cells are short-lived. They'll die off within two or three days after, after activation. Your memory cells are the cells that you want to stick around because like the name implies, they're going to remember the pathogen or the antigen that, that they recognize. And that's how um, when, you, when you become infected with the same uh, pathogen later on in your life, your body will be able to respond yeah. to that. And um, that's what you want, especially when you consider the days we're living right now. You want that memory T cell response, like with respect to COVID. Um, you have you have your your first response to it, but you want a long term response. So the next time it recognizes that virus later on, it's able to um, recognize it and deal with with uh, the invasion there. So okay, so you're saying the memory T cells in order for them to self renew, this might be important, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In some sense, memory cells do have stem cell like features. Yes. Uh, that's the uh, field of research that's most known right now. But naive cells also have this, uh, the capacity to self renew. Um, right now, I think the research itself uh, shows that IL 7 uh, is a cytokine that helps to contribute the self renewal of both uh, memory cells and naive cells. Okay. Uh, so. But we haven't gone, I haven't gone, gone into the naive cell over self-renewal. That's a little bit more tricky because um, the sources of L7 are not widespread. So they, I think um, um, the only, the, um, the way the mechanism works is I think um, the lymph nodes, I think one of the major sources of L7 is the lymph nodes or the cells in that uh, tissue. So it's a, it's a little different to uh, assay for and examine. In the bone marrow, I think the mesenchymal cells are providing IL-7 to developing B cells because they need them at that time. And I know that uh, your memory B cells and your plasma cells will, will also migrate into your bone marrow and go back. I think they also require the IL-7 that's being secreted yeah. there. Yeah. So you have recirculated immune cells going back into the bone marrow as well. Um, but I'm, I'm, I, right now, I'm not too familiar with that kind of, with that mechanism. I'm, I'm just... Um, getting a global we, we have a, we look at the, the we study at least what i do we, look, we take a global approach to how we study but i think moving forward we're going to do more of a, a deep dive in the actual mechanism and how what's going on is are they uh is the suffering capacity uh, uh compromised or not so that's probably an uh, avenue of research we might pursue later on okay Coming back to the figure, the authors reported that the T cells in these conditional knockout mice were skewed towards a memory phenotype, which is seen in the normal aging process too. The T cells in these conditional knockout mice also expressed higher PD-1, which shows exhaustion. And by 10 months of age, these mice had reduced spleen and thymus weights. Overall, the ERCC1 deletion in the hematopoietic compartment resulted in an accelerated senescence process, which was similar, but not exactly the same as what happens during normal aging in mice. Cool. Well, uh, before we go to the next figure, I do have one more question. Um, I know that deletion of a lot of these different um, DNA repair 
proteins can cause premature aging. So maybe if someone could really quickly go over specifically what ERCC1 does and why you chose it over other ones. I'll, I'll take that. Um, so we particularly chose ERCC1 and I should back up to state that ERCC1 is a gene that is also expressed with its partner XPF. And ERCC1 XPF is this heterodimeric endonuclease complex. Uh, big set of words for a molecular pair of scissors. If you think of a pair of scissors, XPF is the blade that does the cutting, ERCC1 is the handle. And the reason why we work with ERCC1 is that there's a human progeroid syndrome that's based upon deficiency in ERCC1 XPF. And it was actually the first human DNA repair gene to be discovered. Hmm. Pretty nifty. Cool. Uh, so we saw in the last figure that these mice had fewer immune cells and that these cells accumulated markers of exhaustion and DNA damage. So the next question is, uh, do these changes actually affect the function of these immune cells compared to wild type control or the uh, old mice, which are also serving as controls? So to answer this, uh, the authors used a delayed hypersensitivity assay where you would take those five month old mice and you imp uh, immunize them with something called keyhole limpet cyanin. And that's a protein, you know, from those sea critters, keyhole limpet, limpet, that's very, very different from a mouse and is going to induce an immune response in mice. And you do two shots of this. And after a while, after a while you can look at the anti-KLH KLH antibodies, uh, I'm sorry, keyhole limpet cyanin is KLH, the anti-KLH antibodies in the serum. And uh, they found that these mice had reduced foot pad swelling in both the conditional knockout and the aged mice, therefore showing that these mice had compromised humoral and cellular responses. These authors also noted that uh, natural, killer uh, natural killer mediated cytotoxicity was impaired in the conditional knockout mice. So Ralph, could you tell us more about what you mean by NK cytotoxicity and how it is relevant to the aging process? Oh, that's uh, the ability of the NK cells to kill cells that are transformed or in stress. That's pretty simple. Uh, use a variety of mechanisms to do that. And uh, like I mentioned earlier about these stress cells uh, give off signals that the immune system responds to and um, NK cells uh, have their own set of uh, signals that they respond to. So that's basically what uh, NK cell cytotoxicity means. And um, uh, what it means to the aging, uh, aging um, is that you want to get rid of damaged cells. You don't want uh, an excessive amount of uh, damaged or senescent cells because the, the more cells that accumulate that are diamonds or senescence, the less they're, um, they're contributing to the normal function. So you want to get rid of those cells. So there's mechanisms to deal with that. So that's basically what that, that, that um, term deal, um, refers to. Cool. Well, to summarize, the conditional knockout mice had attenuated immune responses similar to normally aged mice. Okay, thanks Natalie. And with that, we can get into the next uh, question. Is there oxidative stress in these conditional knockout mice? Uh, without going into too much detail, let's say there were multiple upregulated markers of oxidative stress in these mice, which is something one would expect in a condition of accelerated aging. In fact, the antioxidant system in these mice seem to be turned down too, which is often seen when the uh, during chronic oxidative stress and also i think matt was uh, mentioning that these mice have higher oxidative stress and reduced 
uh, regulation of that. So yeah, having increased oxidative stress combined with reduced antioxidant capacity may partially explain why these mice are aging so quickly. And with this, uh, the next question uh, arises, which immune cells are affected in the mutant mice? And to characterize which immune cell subsets were senescent, the authors performed mass cytometry and splenocytes in H wild type versus 10 months mutant mice. The authors looked for the expression of P16 and P21 in different immune populations. The authors, the authors started from the hypothesis that the 10 old mutant mice will have an H immune system, just like a wild type old mice. An overall trend for increased senescent markers was detected in B cells, natural killer cells, T cells, and macrophages in the mutant mice when compared with wild type animals. However, most significant differences were restricted to T cells and to these specific CD4 T cells. These T cells had increased expression of PD1, a marker associated with senescence in both T Rex and non T Rex. And Ralph, let me ask you a question at this point. What do you think C4 T cells are more prone to acquire this senescent phenotype in comparison with other immune cell types? Um, so there's a cell type that are um, CD4, they kind of regulate the entire immune response. Uh, they have a big role. Um, so they are constantly being activated and they're being activated in stress conditions under you have uh, the uh, ROS uh, species in there. And so their, um, their function probably dictates why they're probably prone, both CD4 and CD8 T cells are prone to acquire uh, a senescent phenotype. Um, there's also a possibility that um, I, I came across a few um, manuscripts recently where uh, they look that uh, in the absence of uh, an infection or any kind of stress, um, external to it. Um, uh, excessive uh, re uh, stimulation in the form of self-renewing after the thymus involates could be one of the mechanisms that uh, um, drive these cells. But for the most part, uh, it's their function that contributes to the to their um, uh, re um, uh, 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 their ability to transform to senescence. Uh, as, as opposed to other cells. I just have another question related to the myelot compartment. I know that in, during aging, you have this skewed uh, myelot uh, uh, compartment as well as myelot, myelot derived suppressor cells. Do you find these suppressor cells in your mice? Well, myeloid suppressor cells? Yes. Yes, uh, we, we, we published that uh, in I think 2017. Okay. Uh, and using the one of the mouse models that we had previously, that Matt talked about the uh, ERCC1 minus delta. And when we saw in, in that study, we saw an expansion of those cells in the bone marrow and also in the, in the periphery. But particularly in, in the bone marrow, there was a huge expansion of those cells. Um, since myeloid so, uh, suppressor um, cells in the bone marrow are like in the initial um, stages of uh, differentiation between those cells to macrophages and dendritic cells. We saw also a significant expansion in um, macrophages in the bone marrow and dendritic cells, much less in the spleen, but we, we saw an increase of, of those cells in the, in the bone marrow, those mice. Uh, we did, a, uh, I think we did an evaluation in, of those cells in the Vive Cree, but I don't, 
I don't think that the, the data we have was significant or very little difference there, maybe marginal. So we didn't include it. In. Thank you. And with this, the conclusion of this part of the figure was that with these experiments, the authors showed that several immune cell types were affected by the mutant, uh, by the loss of ERCC1. And a lot of these immune cells look similar to those observed in older world type ones. Cool. So now we're on to figure three. Uh, so far, the authors have mostly been focusing on the effects of this conditional deletion of ERCC1 in lymphocytes. So now the question is, how do these rapidly aging immune cells affect the rest of the tissues? Now to clarify, uh, still using the conditional knockout mice. So uh, no other tissues in this body are missing ERCC1, but uh, we still wanna see if those other tissues are affected by the loss of this gene in the lymphocytes. So to measure senescence, the authors looked at expression of the cell cycle checkpoints P16 and P21, as well as some various senescent associated markers in other tissues uh, from 11 month old mice. Uh, from this experiment, the authors found that P16 and P21 expression was significantly higher in all tissues tested. That includes the aorta, lungs, liver, pancreas, kidney, uh, GI tract, heart, brain, visceral, adipose tissue, and skin, just, just pretty much everything. Uh, other markers of senescence were also increased in other tissues when compared to the control mice. If anything, expression of these markers was more similar to the expression found in the two-year-old mice. So if you look at those figures, the expression of the senescence markers in that ERCC conditional knockout mouse is almost smack dab in between the lowly expressing control and then those old mice that naturally should have more of those markers, suggesting that the loss of ERCC1 in lymphocytes advances senescence in peripheral tissues. Interestingly, the male mutant mice had it worse off than the female mice, which is also consistent with these phenotypes and wild type mice. Wait, does that mean ma male mice get older quickly? Yeah. So what happens is the males start to age earlier on than females. So think of it sort of as these slopes of aging and females undergo a later stage window of aging where there's this a uh, compressed period of aging. So they sort of have a higher slope on their curve. So this has to be something with the X chromosome, right? It has a lot of different causes and it's something that we're all studying right now. Okay. We're, the aging field is pretty seriously taking uh, sex as a biological variable into account. And it's it's more than just an X chromosome. It's a lot of things. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. And my mind is sufficiently blown, but uh, <laughs> moving on, uh, not to forget that oxidative stress is uh, not good for you. So you guys wanted to see if oxidative stress phenotypes observed from the mutant cells were contributing to tissue damage in other tissues. So to measure this, you're looking at markers of tissue damage like a serum uh, urinary protein that should be hanging out in the kidney, but in the case of damage would seep into the serum, right? Um, there was glycosaminoglycan or GAG uh, levels in the intervertebral discs, um, and that's associated with disc aging. Um, they wanted to look at wound healing, so they injected cardiotoxin, which, as the name suggests, is really not good for your heart, and that's because it damages muscles. Uh, they injected this into the calf muscle of mice and then looked at tissue sec sections of that muscle to look at the damage a few days later. And while the control mice uh, were able to regenerate their muscles, the tissue damage was significantly higher in the mutant mice five days later, suggesting that the ERCC1 in the lymphocytes is important for wound healing in the entire body. All of these results were underscored by the fact that the ERCC1 conditional knockout mice died significantly earlier than their counter 
than their control counterparts, further supporting the author's hypothesis that ERCC1 in lymphocytes protects against aging. So I, I have a question. Are there any phenotypes that you didn't include in these figures where your mice, you know, slower or more cranky or, you know, really into watching crime dramas or anything like that? <laughs> I, I can't speak to their TV viewing habits. I wish I could. Um, so we've done some other things uh, like rotor rod or grip strength to sort of measure some physical performance metrics and we did it around 10 months of age and didn't see much of a difference and but later on you know they start uh dying off earlier and it's really hard to sort of predict when a mouse is going to die you kind of show back up the next day yeah. and you've got a crime scene so we have a, an idea uh, or at least hypothesize that in uh, the old mice the old vascular might be dying because the bone marrow completely shuts down and um, I've analyzed uh, mice that were close to their uh, life expectancy and the number of B cell pre uh, precursors is almost down to zero. So, oh my God. Uh, yeah. So Laura and I both suspect that they probably might, there might be time from aplastic anemia. And so that might be the reason why they have a life expectancy of one and a half years. Hmm. But we know from the, the uh, ERCC1 minus delta that we studied previously that uh, they, 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 those mice die, we suspect that uh, they die of uh, kidney disease. Okay. So, uh, coming back to our results, from the last figure, we learned that the loss of ERCC1 in lymphocytes alone contributes to an aging phenotype in the entire body. So, the authors then wanted to see if they could put these mutant lymphocytes or yeah, splenocytes in a totally healthy mice and elicit the same phenotypes. To test this hypothesis, the authors took mutant mice splenocytes and two-year-old mice splenocytes and put them into a reporter mouse which expressed luciferase upon expression of the senescence marker P16. Over time, the mice transplanted with cells from the mutant mice and cells from the old mice showed more luciferase expression than mice that received cells from age-matched wild-type mice. Similarly, the expression of luciferase in solid organs was higher in mice transplanted with mutant splenocytes, but not quite as high as those mice transplanted with cells from old mice. Expression of senescence markers like MCP1 and TNF-alpha in mice transplanted with cells from the mutant mice recapitulated the phenotypes shown in the mutant mice themselves. And these mice also died more quickly than the mice transplanted with just the wild-type counterparts without the conditional knockout of ERCC1. Together, these data suggest that the immune cells are responsible for the aging phenotype associated with the ERCC knockout, even if it's partial. Um, my question to you guys, uh, why did you go with the whole splenocytes and, or, or is that a step that you're going to take with purified cell populations and transferring them to these healthy mice? So just as a point of clarification, where we were talking about transplanted senescent cells sort of hastening death, that was done by transplanting those senescent cells into the prodroid mouse that Ralph was previously speaking about. 
So, um, but everything else that was done before that was done into young mice, which eventually uh, you do get this transient increase in senescence and the SAS factors. But since you have a healthy young immune system, it's able to clear the senescent cell burden over time. And this, that sort of effect would last for about a month. Um, but we really started with the splenocytes because we previously talked about when we sort of pulled out some different immune uh, populations before by flow, we saw that they were senescent and they had different uh, sort of SAS profiles. So it was easier to start with a bulk population and see, and then we could later on drill down and the better answer might be, and what we're trying to do in the future, is make different immune cell-specific knockouts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good idea, especially with the the all the changes you saw in the CD4 positive T cells. That might be a good target to look at too. So the yeah, previous so, mm -hmm, ERL. Yeah, just to the um, um, it, sometimes the, the immune system works collaboratively. Uh, so if you see an effect, it, it could be the result of one cell, but uh, and so uh, we, you just use host sites, you, you see the effect, and then, like Matt said, you could just uh, further expand on that, see which ones, which cells that you need to actually uh, perpetuate the phenotype. But yeah, it's, uh, it's always a good idea to start in general and then become specific later on. Because if you start specific, you might lose the actual. Uh, uh, response that you might see if you do like a general response. Right, thanks a lot for that. Mm -hmm. uh, to the next figure, the previous data suggests that aged splenocytes can drive cell non-autonomous senescence in several tissues, including aorta, skin, lung, liver, kidney, and spleen through this gain of function mechanism. But does a loss of function mechanism also contribute to non-autonomous senescence? Uh, let me break that sentence down in simple English. If you can induce aging by transferring old splenocytes, can you also reverse or delay aging by transferring young splenocytes? To test this, the authors used splenocytes from young wild-type mice and transplanted them into this hemizygous ERCC1 knockout mice that uh, Matt was describing. These mice have one missing ERCC1 allele and one hypomorphic allele so that there is a minimal effect of ERCC1. The reason the authors couldn't use a complete ERCC1 knockout mouse is that they die prematurely due to severe liver defects. In contrast, this hypomorphic ERCC1 mouse does live for a longer time than a complete knockout. and and shows super accelerated aging though. Coming back to the results, when young splenocytes were transplanted into the, these hypomorphic mice and the expression of the senescence markers, P16 and P21 was measured one month after transplantation, the results showed that splenocytes from young mice had reduced the senescence in several tissues of the hemozygous mice or the hypomorphic mice. More accurately, two doses of young splenocytes reduced P16 and P21 mRNA in tissues from the ERCC1 knockout, uh, partial knockout recipient mice, circulating and circulating SAS factors and markers of tissue damage, which incl includes alanine aminotransferase, aspartate aminotransferase, uh, or amylase. 
this data support a loss of function mechanism in which aged immune cells are unable to suppress senescence, but transfer of younger immune cells can reduce the markers of senescence. So right here, I've got this million dollar idea and for the record, this is first being pitched on antibodies, so we reserved the copyright. <laughs> can we save up hematopoietic stem cells during birth and transplant them at a later age in life to delay aging? What do you guys think? Probably makes sense. I know that people keep cord blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, fetal cells, um, or what is it, newborn cells? You were talking mm -hmm. Okay, newborn cells are probably more tolerant than fetal cells. Fetal cells might get rejected right away. But... So I think all we need is to wait for Jeff Bezos to come back to Earth and then we can pitch him this idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> New startup coming. There was a petition to keep him in space, so I don't know if he's coming back or not. Oh, man. Well, hopefully he has internet. I'll just send him this episode. He can invest <laughs> it even from there. There was this lady in like the 1800s who would like kill her maids and bathe in their blood because she thought it would make her live forever. Maybe she was just trying to do this. Yeah. You know, she, she was on to something. Like 200 years ahead of her time. <laughs> yeah, good for her. Everybody listening to this, please do not try it at home. This is <laughs> very... No, I don't no. think it's very science-driven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so aging may be due in part to alterations in a set of cell signaling pathways, which include the mechanistic target of rapamycin, otherwise known as mTOR pathway. So uh, inhibition of the mTOR pathway has extended lifespan in every species study to date, suggesting that mTOR signaling is an evolutionarily conserved pathway that may regulate aging. Interestingly, it has also been shown recently that inhibition of mTOR uh, activity with a rapamycin analog in elderly people enhances their response to a influenza vaccination and reduces in infection rates, which indicates that immunosum uh, senescence, the decline in immune function that occurs during aging, can indeed be modulated. So, to determine uh, to determine whether these conditional uh, knockout mice uh, and their immunosenescent, uh, uh, sorry. So determine to, to determine what's going on with their uh, immunosenescence in this conditional mouse model. They were treated with rapamycin, and their immune function was measured. Foot pad swelling, titers of anti-KLH serum, and white blood cell counts were increased in the rapamycin-treated uh, conditional knockout mice con compared to uh, untreated controls. And expression of P16 and P21 in the peripheral T cells was also reduced by rapamycin, as were serum levels of MCP1 and TNF, which suggests that modulation of both the gain and loss of function mechanisms by which immune uh, senescence drives systemic aging may be related to mTOR. So, uh, hey guys, since the inhibition of mTOR can enhance the response to a vaccine and reduce infection rates, would it be interesting to also use these senolytics to reduce coronavirus-related mortality in elderly patients? The answer is yes. And um, we've actually done some of this. There should be a paper that has just come out in science or is coming out in science um, where we use senolytics or genetic depletion of senescent cells um, with a mod with a model of infection where you co-house your mice and typically laboratory mice are specific pathogen free. So they're kept in incredibly clean environments. In this case, 
you're co-housing your mice with pet shop mice or uh, fomite bedding from them in order to sort of transfer infection. And what typically gets transferred first is mouse hepatitis virus, which is a beta coronavirus. And we've seen that uh, compared to young mice, old mice die much faster upon this infection model. And if you treat them with senolytics or genetically deplete the senescent cell burden, you extend survival. And what we think sort of our, our paradigm that's going on is that uh, senescent cells, the more senescent cells you have, they're sort of pre-primed to dump out massive amounts of inflammation in the form of SASP. And so by uh, treating with senolytics, you're alleviating that senescent cell burden, uh, reducing sort of that SAS or cytokine storm that typically we're seeing in infections like COVID um, and giving a greater chance of survival. Wow, that, that's crazy. I, I know there's already a black market for like metformin. I'm sure it'll come up for <laughs> mTOR inhibitors too. <laughs> yeah. People wanting to live forever. Yeah. So in this case, we use the natural product uh, polyphenolflavonoid uh, facetin which is a synotherapeutic. Uh, rapamycin is more of a synomorphic. So it's not going to actively kill the senescent cells. It's gonna modulate the senescence phenotype by limiting the amount of SAS that's produced. Uh, I have this question, Matt, you just mentioned uh, <clears throat> something about genetic depletion of senescent cells. Can you expand on that? What is that? How do you do that? So there's a mouse model called Incatac, and that's the most common version. And Incatac is basically, it was robbed from fat attack, where you, it was this mouse model where under the fat specific promoter, you would express a suicide transgene where you would express a monomeric form of caspase eight that was fused to FKBP. And you would use this drug called AP20187 and it would call the, cause the fusion of caspase 8 and kill fat cells. Oh. So in this case, we took that, uh, that suicide transgene cassette, or our collaborators at the Mayo Clinic did, and they put it in front of a, uh, the, the INC4A locus promoter. So that in the context of senescence, so whenever P16 is activated, which is a very classic senescent cell marker, you activate that suicide transgene but it only dimerizes and kills the cells in the presence of the drug AP20187. And so we saw those mice that were treated with AP20187 lived uh, significantly longer than the vehicle treated mice. Wow, that's pretty cool. So just, just to clarify, INC4A is the uh, gene for <laughs> P16, right? INC4A is a locus with multiple genes. So it encodes P15, P18, P16, and ARF, the alternative reading frame. Okay. Oh, that is, that is yeah, I, I didn't come for this information, but that's so cool to know that. <laughs> yeah. And just to add something when I was talking about the facetin paper, uh, part of that mechanism may involve reducing the senescent burden, but uh, the, the facetin or other senomorphic analytics could also have an effect on the immune system itself. So response could be uh, an increase in uh, immune cell function. So that's probably something we're gonna pursue later on, but it might be, uh, the two things might be happening at the same time where you have uh, the, the burden of senescence in the peripheral tissues decreasing 
and also the 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 functionality of the immune system increasing. So that's there's two avenues, two mechanisms potentially there in, in that particular study. Okay, I have this last question before we move on. Uh, mTORC, it, one of the things that it's known to do is it it increases transcription of these glycolytic genes, and it also allows for heavy secretion of cytokines. So. Can you t- can you tell us? I can see how the secretion of cytokines could be connected with the senescence phenotype, but can you also tell me if there is a connection between heavy glycolysis and senescence? That's tough. I think there's definitely some involvement, but I haven't sort of done a deep dive through the literature to look. Um, so the, our mTOR exper- our, our rapamycin experiments okay. were heavily influenced by um, one Tyler Curiel who had used rapamycin treatment in the mice to show that it was immune stimulatory with gamma delta T cells. And the other person being Joan Manick, who was formerly at Novartis, where she did a short course rapamycin treatment in the elderly human population, and then measured uh, influenza vaccination titer levels and saw a significant increase in the elderly people on a short course of rapamycin as well as they displayed uh, reduced levels of PD-1 on their T cells as well. So let's move on to the discussion. Uh, and this work particularly shed light on the role of the immune system and its direct relationship on organ function and health. The, the fantastic observation of this work is that even though the authors use an experimental model where only immune cells were senescent, the repercussions appear to be systemic and spread to solid non-immune organs. So we come back to this question of if are the morbidities and organ failures that we see in the old population are because of the immune system or are they intrinsic to the organ? And I think it's that we, this is something that we have been discussing earlier before you guys arrived. And this work really shed lights on what is the role of the immune system. And I also, I wanted to highlight that uh, the authors also proposed this, the use of serolytic drugs that could have a great potential in suppressing morbidities, which it, I find really uh, fascinating as well. And for both mine and Rafa, I have a question. Uh, so I came across with uh, Sarah Works before of this on, on, on the work of Maria Litterbrun, where she, uh, she showed that dysfunctional mitochondrial T cells drop uh, citizens, such as you are uh, guys looking. Can you uh, talk about this and other works that uh, work in the same uh, um, topic? So yeah, I'm I'm fairly familiar with that paper. I believe she deleted a mitochondrial gene called TFAM out of the T cells. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we looked at all the same tissues as each other. I think the the TFAM conditional knockout mice had a pretty profound phenotype in the heart of the mice. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I, I, to me, it fits. It all makes sense that an old immune cell is can definitely cause aging. I think it's occurring for two reasons. One. Uh, senescent immune cells are producing more of the SAS that's causing cells to uh, become adjacent cells become senescent and sort of what's known as inflammaging. But also, you know, the immune cells are tasked with taking out the garbage. And like we saw from the NK cell data, they can't really do their job that well once they become old and dysfunctional. And what about uh, 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 the cytokines presented in the serum, just such as TNF alpha? Do you think uh, you, we see enrichment of TNF alpha and MSCP1 in your data? Uh, do you think that blocking these 
cytokines will somehow uh, prevent this aging? I think that it's kind of like having a bunch of holes in the dam. If you if you plug one hole, all the other holes are still going. So that's why we kind of focus more on drugs that work at the root causes of aging, like senolytics, where we can hopefully stop the production of the pro-inflammatory signaling. You know, rather than try to treat TNF alpha, it might be better to chase down like something like NF kappa B. Okay. And also the the infiltrated immune cells can also deprive self cells of nutrients that they rely to um, live on. So. Um, that could be another mechanism that could contribute. Um, there's some work by, I think, David Sinclair studies NAD, and we know that immune cells uh, express an enzyme on their surface that could consume NAD. And I think we, we concluded this in the, in the manuscript itself that um, this uh, 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 self surface receptor enzyme is upregulated on, on T cells, CD38. And that's the end of day um, ectoenzyme. And that might be potentially another mechanism that contributes to the lateral transference of senescence there. So that might be another um, mechanism in addition to the excess of cytokines uh, that might be pumped out and spreading um, the senescence from one cell to another. That's a really good point, Ralph. There's a talented immunologist named Anthony Covarubius that showed that uh, increased CD38 depleted NAD, which in turn sort of caused senescence in macrophages and the dysfunction of the cells. And there's a study, uh, TEC2 diabetes study, that showed that uh, CD38 um, mechanism contributes to the reduction of uh, beta cells in the pancreas. So it's that's possibly um, a mechanism that might uh, be contributing to what we see in aging naturally, but also particularly maybe in the NR mouse problem. Finally, uh, so do we have data of how long Ragnarok might sleep, even if it's a bubble, that could tell how important are T and B cells for this process? I haven't seen anything on rag knockout mice. I have seen some data on nod skid gamma, but it tends to be more anecdotal, but they do have a reduced lifespan in comparison to a normal mouse. And so maybe they're having an increased senescent cell burden and the lack of a functional immune system is not allowing them to sort of uh, clean house and reduce that burden. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up on Jax right now and it's looking like 30 weeks or something like that for both NSG and okay. RAG. Wait, that's even, that's not because of a pathogenic burden that they die. They just spontaneously die, right? I, I think so. I, I, you guys got to go to the, the website and check it out for yourself. <laughs> but, uh, I'll check it out. In my five second research, this is, this is what I found. Okay. Uh, Matt and Ralph, this is one key concept that I want to hammer on as an I want to make sure that I understood it correctly. During senescence, there are these regular cells just go uh, going about secreting these uh, secretory, secre senescence-associated secretory phenotype and factors, all these cytokines. And these cytokines, they accumulate and they are increasing this burden on the overall system. And it's the role of the immune system to first uh, get rid of these senescent cells and probably maybe even uh, absorb some of these uh, factors. So that's how the immune system is delaying the aging process. If, if this is what I think. Is this correct? 
Yeah, that yes. sounds pretty right on. Okay. Okay, so that'll be it. If that's one thing I have to take back home, I'm very satisfied that I learned that. <laughs> All right. So are you guys ready to go through the summary? Yes, ma'am. Yes, let's do it. All right. So immune cells are vulnerable to endogenous DNA damage, which if unrepaired causes cell death or senescence. Now senescence in your immune compartment as occurs with normal aging, affects innate and adaptive immunity. In particular, your helper T cells and your natural killer cell function. And it potently drives senescence and age-related changes also in your solid organs. The mechanism behind this damage appears to be a combination of cell autonomous and uh, non-cell autonomous. You know, we've got the loss of function, gain of function, and those SASP factors going. But if you target those senescent immune cells with senolytic drugs, which are drugs that can selectively induce death of senescent cells, uh, this has a great potential for suppressing uh, the comorbidities of old age. Okay, so when you say targeting senescent immune cells, actually you mean just targeting senescent cells, anything, right? Yeah, yes, I guess, you're totally right. Okay, um, Matt and Ralph, do you have anything to add before we wrap up this session? I don't think so. Um... No, I think you guys did a better job presenting the uh, paper than e either of us would at a journal club. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> it's what we do. <laughs> okay, so I think this would be a good time to end the session. Uh, thanks a lot, Matt and Ralph for joining us today. Thanks to Natalie and Eugenio as well. Um, this was our 22nd buddy sode. We also have two more segments of the podcast. One is called the Immunology 101, where we teach the fundamentals of immunology. Uh, and then we have the monologues where we discuss and simplify research articles within 10 to 15 minutes for a quick read. We also have the journal clubs, the blog articles, and the career talks, which you can access at antibodies.org. And with that, I'll be I'll be taking off. See you guys, and we'll meet you again in two weeks with another buddy sod. See you all. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.